Hi, everyone. I know recently we announced we were going to two episodes a week and then three episodes a week. But you know what? There are just too many episodes. So we are going to back to five episodes a week. Still a reduction from seven, but there were just too many interviews scheduled, and I didn't want to make all the authors wait for too long. So I hope you can keep up with me. Listen to one a week as you're on your way to work or on your way home or putting your kids to bed or whatever it is you're doing. Moms don't have time to read books now five times a week. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hi, I'm Zibby Owens, and you're listening to the award-winning podcast, Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. If you like this podcast, you will love my new anthology called Moms Don't Have Time to Have Kids. Check it out, and you'll hear from 49 authors about all sorts of things moms don't have time to do. All the authors have been on this podcast. Also, check out my TikTok, at with Zibby and Tracy, my other podcast, Sex Talk with Zibby and Tracy. Check out Moms Don't Have Time to Write on Medium. And of course, my new publishing company called Zivi Books. And now back to our daily author interview site and a quick hello from some of my kids. Hi. Hi. Hello. Enjoy the show. Dr. Tracy Baxley is the author of Social Justice Parenting, How to Raise Compassionate, Anti-Racist, Justice-Minded Kids in an Unjust World. She is a professor, consultant, parenting coach, speaker, mother to five biracial children, and the creator of Social Justice Parenting, an educator for over 30 years with degrees in child development, elementary education, and curriculum and instruction. She specializes in diversity and inclusion, anti-bias curriculum, and social justice education. Her first book, Social Justice Parenting, is published by Harper Wave. She lives with her husband and children in Boca Raton. Welcome, Tracy. Thanks so much for coming on Moms Don't Have Time to read books to discuss social justice parenting, how to raise compassionate, anti-racist, justice-minded kids in an unjust world. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. I loved this book. I was reading this and I was like, oh my gosh, I cannot wait to talk to her. Like your whole sensibility about the world and people and how we all basically need to be kind and show up for each other. And like, this is how I live my life too. So it was just so great to read this. And of course you wrote it in a really great way. I was like, what? I should write something like that. <laughs> anyway, so it's great. And I love how much you shared about your own kids because that just made everything so much more powerful. So anyway, thank you for all of that. Thank you. Thank you for that positive feedback. So tell listeners sort of what the crux of this book is and like what what made you stop what you were doing and write this book? 
Yeah, it's real. I think there were moments in my own parenting, right? There's moments in my own home that I realized that I can't raise my kids alone, that I really need other moms, other parents, other people to really be looking out for my kids too. And so I just thought, you know, I've always been the kind of the, the village mom, right? That I think it takes all of us. And that was kind of the premise behind it. Like, what do we need to do as a society, as a global village, to support each other in raising children who will grow up doing positive things in the world? And that was kind of the backdrop for it. And I think all the sad and negative things that came out of COVID, this book was a positive thing for me because it allowed me to slow down to get all of those words on paper. I had been playing around with it, you know, writing stuff here and there over the last couple of years. But having that time where I wasn't driving my kids to and from, I used that time to say, okay, I'm not in car pickup. I'm gonna, that's going to be the time I'm sitting and writing. And so I was, the pandemic really helped birth this book. So I'm, I'm grateful for the time to slow down. But I really wrote it for parents in general, but specifically moms, you know, because I really think there's something special about moms that we really get things done, you know, when our minds are made up and when we form a team. And I really think it's the moms in the lives of children that will help make that change for us. I love how you say that all moms are by nature activists. Yes. Tell me about that statement because I love that. Yeah. I think we don't realize everything that we're doing at home is a part of that movement, right? The way we show up for our kids, the way we talk to our kids, you know, in the moments that we're not saying anything, it's really teaching a lesson too. And I think we look at social justice and we look at activism as something really big and something that other people do or other groups do, but we're really doing it in our own homes, right? The things that we do in private in our homes, they're going to show up in public spaces at some point or another because our kids are going to be out in the world. So all the layers that we've kind of embedded in our children will show up one way or another. So why not intentionally put those things in our children that will really help help society, you know, in the long run? It's true. When moms get together, you know, and I know you cited a lot of examples like Mothers Against Drunk Driving and all, you know, when everybody bands together and decides to focus on something, there's so much power in that. So the idea that all of us moms can sort of put our heads together and raise kind kids and kids who are aware and who stick up for each other. And I love how you said that there was a platinum rule instead of the golden rule. Like, it's not just that you have to, you know, imagine how other people think. It's how you know, not, it's not just do unto others as you would have others do unto you, but what would they want? Because they're not you. So you have to like go that extra mile. And like, how amazing a society if we all had kids who operated like that, right? Like, wh- forget yes. us. Like, it's too late for yeah. us. <laughs> but maybe the next generation can be like that. So I found that super inspiring. Yeah, I, I agree with you. You know, we now have to pour into our kids the things that we may not have done well. And, you know, and, and as children, and our, we, when we reflect on our own childhood, we can see that maybe there are some things that our parents didn't do, you know, because they didn't know better. There are things that we can look back on and think that we didn't necessarily pick up, but now we know better and we want to instill those things for our kids to grow up and, and do better. But in order to, to practice a platinum rule, you really have to get to know people, right? And so that includes the open dialogue. It includes moving away from protecting our kids so that they don't get the experiences of others in order to really realize that our lived experiences and our needs are very different from other people's. So true. 
And I like how you address, you know, how to raise kids who are sensitive about race and how you even have, you know, when you ask the reader to reflect, like how did, you know, when was race discussed in your house or something like that? And, and a lot of your clients, I guess, it said like, well, never, I don't know. <laughs> you know, or when did you talk to your kids about race? And people said, well, I haven't chosen to do that. And you said something like, well, isn't that nice? You get to choose. Isn't that nice right. it's a choice for you? Like that in and of itself speaks volumes, right? And so we all have to be just so aware of that, which obviously we all know, but like the examples that you use and like by putting ourselves in your daughter's shoes when somebody makes fun of her hair or something. And like, I'm like, you know, my heart is breaking with, I have four kids of my own. So like all of your examples, like, I don't know, just touched me right, right where, you know. <laughs> you know what? I think that's, that is the magic of moms, right? We put ourselves right in that moment with our own kids and we feel it for other people's kids. Yeah, That's why I think we are the ones that can really make the changes for our kids to make the changes in the world. Because every mom that I've talked to that has started reading the book, they say the same thing. I was like holding my breath when you're telling the story, or mm -hmm. I was in that closet with you when you're on your floor crying. I felt all of that. And I want us to use all those feelings to now say, what do we need to do to change things? What do we need to do to make sure our children are the children that stand up for others that are creating these spaces of belonging in the world? And what is my job and my responsibility to make sure that happens? Oh my gosh. When your son, when you couldn't find your son and like you didn't tell the reader soon enough, I was like, oh my gosh, is she going to tell, is she not going to tell us what happened? And then of course you did. And like you closed the chapter perfectly, but I was like freaking out. Like what happened? Is he okay? So yeah. But also even the example of your boot camp class, right? When you're working out with a bunch of women and then at your, you know, final fiesta, you know, <laughs> you, you meet the, the trainer's children. And I think it was the trainer's children, it right? Was, Who said, yeah. said that, you know, said a very racially disparaging thing right in front of you. And everybody was just responded with silence. And so you point out like there's a difference between them not saying something racist, but by not sticking up for you or by not speaking out about it, you're not being anti-racist, right? That's still a form of it. So you have to be the one who says like, wait, what, what did you just say? Like, that's not okay. And just in that one example, like that's like the whole book on anti-racism right there. Yeah. Yeah. Because in that moment, I felt alone. I okay. felt silenced. I felt isolated. And if one person would have just even just reached out and touched my hand in that moment, I would have felt like I had an ally and nobody did anything. And honestly, you know, I had grown to really care about all of these people. And honestly, I think they're all good people. But in the moment when you're in the trenches, you need somebody more than a good person because good people is sometimes it's, it's a passive term, right? That you don't do the harm, you don't hurt people, you don't bully. But when we need people who are allies or pro-justice people around you, these are the people who really support you where there's some action behind what they're feeling and how they support you. Wow. Yeah. I mean, it's hard in these social settings. I think some people just don't know what to do. Not that that excuses it. I, I think often when we're disappointed by other people's behavior, we assume that they know the right thing, but don't do it. And sometimes I just don't know that people, and maybe this isn't, maybe this is 
not coming across the way I mean it, but it just, I feel awful often, not just in situations involving race, of course, this is in like, when you talk about somebody who's passed away or, you know, even my daughter saying like, what if, what if I cry at school and like someone makes fun of me? Well, that's like their, that's because, you know, they're an eight-year-old kid. They might not know how to handle that situation. They might not have the skills they need. And that doesn't mean you should be embarrassed, right? That's because the other person lacks the skills to cope with your grief or your this or this, you know. So I think a lot of times, you know, it's up to the other people. It's, I, I don't know. Anyway, it's it's easy to feel alone. Yeah, yeah. It, that's a good point because that's why it's so important that we have these dialogues yes. at home, right? Yes. Because there are moments that you're just like, what is the right thing to say? How do mm-hmm. I show up for them? And in that thought, you do nothing, right? And I, I say the, the worst way, the only wrong way to really do anti-racism or allyship with anything. Like you said, it's not just about race. It's about any social issue or identity that we hold is to do nothing. Mm-hmm. Like if somebody would have just touched my hand, I, I would have you. not felt alone. Right. If somebody would just stood next to me, it would have made me feel like there was yep. some solidarity there. So sometimes it's the small gestures that you make. Yep. And then the other thing is I would, try to teach my kids to not worry about getting it right, mm-hmm. but more about taking action because yep. we're going to get it wrong sometimes, especially when we're being allies for a group of people or a community that we are not marginalized in. And so we have to work through that. We have to work through how to get it right or how to get it better every time that we're showing up. And that takes practice. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. I love that you have like the whole chart. Like, are you marginalized? Yeah, you know, you know, multiple choice quiz essentially of like, well, you know, race, gender. There are there are all these ways. Like, there's it's just a nar- such a narrow category of the like unmar completely unmarginalized. Right, the way right. you frame it. Yep, and everybody always thinks about basically race based on race, mm-hmm. but we all carry these multiple identities, and within those, 
we have some areas that we are not the dominant power as it's ascribed in the United States, right? Because it's all socially constructed and in another country or another space or another time, these may not be the marginalized or dominant ways of seeing people. But currently right now, we all carry these identities that some of us are marginalized in some, and then we have other identities where we really hold more power. And so if we can break those down to look at them as just part of who we are, nothing to feel guilty about, nothing to be sad about, nothing to be angry about. But they, privilege is, is something that you have, whether you did something great or did something poorly, right? It's just the way the system is right now. Yeah. And so if we can take those identities and really look at them, and I, I said, do it with your kids too. Let's look at this, you know, because we need to know where we can be of service to others based on the identities that we hold that have more power. So true. Wait, tell me more about the ROCKS system, R-O-C-K-S, capital. Yes. So that's kind of like the foundation of social justice parenting. These are kind of ways that you can move through your parenting, having these things like top of mind. So the R is for reflection, which often is the one that parents want to skip, right? (laughs) Because it requires you to dig a little bit. It requires you to Tell yourself the truths about your childhood, about your experiences, about your own thoughts, stereotypes, biases, fears, all those things. So you have to do some reflecting in order to be able to really show up for your kids in an honest, authentic way. And then the O is for open dialogue. And that's kind of what we've been talking about, having these conversations with our children, um, being honest when you don't know the answers, saying, I don't know the answers, or when they come to you with their natural curiosities, how are you? facilitating that or are you shutting it down because it's something that you don't want to talk about so having these open dialogues constantly in your home the c is for compassion and i look at it on three levels i look at it in terms of self-compassion which is sometimes very hard for moms right but we need to show our kids that we can do that to teach them to do the same so you know looking at it from self-compassion to showing and modeling compassion for your children in the home like what happens when they make mistakes? How do we respond to those kinds of things? And then when we teach them that compassion in the home, how do we take it out into the community and into the world? And then the next one is kindness. Same things, right? It's, I look at kindness as compassion and action. So we feel these things and now what do we do about them? And then the last one is social engagement. So how are we being activists around the topics that are important to us? And although I have the chapter on anti-racism, this is about any social issue that's out there, you know, that is important to your, to your family or that can spark you into taking some actions. Yep. I love it. I love all the times where you ask us to like do assignments as we're reading, you know, and you're like for the self-reflection, like write five sentences about yourself. Like how hard was that? And I was like, oh, that's not hard for me at all. But (laughs) I I can see that being a challenge for other people. Yeah, it's nice to have a framework. I feel like no matter how much time we've all individually thought about parenting and even, you know, you're pointing out that like to mom has become a verb instead of just a noun. It's always nice to have a framework to know what, you know, that it's all fitting into something that it's going towards some sort of larger goal as opposed to just getting through every day. And, you know, even, even the ability to put ourselves in our kids' shoes, you know, somebody was asking me lately, like something about parenting. And I was like, well, I think having all these kids, like now I realize how different they are. And so 
I often just take the time to be like, well, you know, what is it like for him? Like, no, like this kid is definitely not going to do this activity or, you know, it would be terrible if somebody told me to turn the TV off right now too. Like, I, I hate it when people do that. So just like having that extra step, I feel like goes such a long way with kids. And I feel like yes. that's exactly what you were talking about in all your different, you know, examples with your own kids and your one son who doesn't like sports and all of that. So, And listen, between the two of us, we have nine children. I know. I was thinking that. And they're oh all God. so different. They're all I so know. different. Yeah. And you can't parent one the way you parent the other one because they are uniquely made with their own unique personalities and challenges and strengths. And as a parent, we have to recognize that what works for one is not going to work for the other. And the more we try to shove them in this kind of sameness box, we don't give them the opportunity to, to, to blossom as their best selves. I think that's one of the most fun parts of parenting is watching new things and new interests bubble up, particularly ones that like I don't have myself. And I mean, like, now, of course, I can't think of a good example, but I don't know. Like my daughter sewed the other day. She like, she's like, does fashion design on the side. It's like not even a thing for her. She's like, oh, I think I'm going to make this blanket into a skirt. And she like sewed the whole thing. And I was like, what? Wow. <laughs> I'm like, where did that come, that come from? from? <laughs> right? Like, I didn't, I didn't like try to encourage that talent in any way. She didn't take a sewing class, like just came out of nowhere. And that's what's that's like awesome. so neat about our kids. They're like these sort of boxes that, you know, you have to like unwrap a layer and they just like surprise yes. you. And so they just need space to do it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. They just need space to do it. Oh my gosh. The, this kid too, in your class, I'm blanking on his name who you Ruben. made. Ruben. Oh my gosh. Yes. That story was also amazing. Oh my gosh. Do you keep in touch with him? Do you know what ever I happened to him or not. anything? Yes. Oh my gosh. And I regret that so much. We did like the first, I follow him the first probably three or four years after he left me, but I was in Georgia. And once I moved back to Florida, I didn't, but I, I think about him often wondering where he is, what's going on with him, man. Yeah. I moved every time I think about him. You changed that his whole life, right? You <sighs> understood and saw him and encouraged him. And like your example of how he navigated the bus and the store and how he shopped for his family and all of the skills he was showing and how the other kids like sat on the carpet that day with like their, you know, their mouths wide open, like, oh yeah. my gosh, Ruben's out there doing all this stuff. And here we are, you know, like, you know, drawing a picture of a tree or something. Anyway, it was really amazing. It just shows the power of all of us showing up for little kids, right? Yeah. See, that is the, the power of radical love, right? Yes. Like that's all I had. That's all I had. I didn't know what else to do. I wasn't trained really to, you know, back then we weren't trained to deal with all of the nuances of children, you know, in, in that way. And all I knew how to do was love. And I just loved him. And he eventually, you know, understood that it was just love and I was just going to keep showing up and that his behavior had nothing to do with who he was. And that was, yeah, that was probably me, my most moving moment as an educator, that we really were able to get through a lot of the things that he had no control over. And just through love. Yeah. Wow. Well, I'm so impressed that you wrote the book in the midst of the pandemic. And I, I totally understand the found time with not having to move the kids around to different places. That was amazing. And now that it's back, I'm like, oh my gosh, I can't get anything done. <laughs> and I promised myself I'm not going to fill up my schedule the way it was. Like, yeah. I'm going to make the changes 
But, you know, when you have a lot of kids, all they have to do is have one activity and That's they're it. all over the place. Exactly. Yeah. I'm like, you're just going to do gymnastics. And yes, now it's like exactly. twice a week and meet right. some gym. I'm like, oh my gosh, you know, like, <sighs> I thought it would make it easier. But anyway, so what, where do you go from here? How do you turn this into like a nationwide movement that like everybody gets behind and like all that good stuff? What next? Yeah. So right now I am, you know, on the book tour where it's mostly virtual at this point now because of the pandemic and speaking at different places. So I'm hoping to keep doing that. And I guess the great thing about it being virtual, speaking in places that I probably would not have been able to go to otherwise. Right. Mm -hmm. So that's been great. And then I have like a social justice parenting program that I've, a six months program that I've done that I'm doing. I think what I'm going to do is turn that course into something that because right now the way it is, is people have to show up every month. Like I give them materials to work with. I give them worksheets and then they have to show up at the end of the month. Well, that's being hard for parents sometimes with timing. Right. So I think I'm going to package that in a way that it's kind of on your own. And then maybe, you know, once a month, I just do an open Q and a that anybody who wants to show up can show up. So that is like an extension of the book. And I don't know, I'm hoping people will pick up the book and we can see what happens after that. I'm open. This is, you know, my passion. I'm going to still be on my Instagram account where I do a lot of my thoughts and teaching and learning. So that will continue once I get past the book launch time. (laughs) But yeah, so I'm I'm passionate about this and I plan to keep working. Well, let me know how I can help and, you know, amplify your efforts because I, you know, I just totally related to so much of what you're saying and want to help this is like a, this is the way to make societal change, right? This is the best way to do it. And it's reaching the people who create the kits. Right. <laughs> you know? So anyway, to the extent that I can help, let me know. So. Okay. I appreciate that very much. Okay. Yes. All right. Well, Tracy, Dr. Baxley, thank you so much. And oh, do you have any advice for aspiring authors? I always ask that. I f- almost forgot. Right, right, right. Even if you don't know, like I, I have a friend who's trying to write a book and I keep telling her, don't worry about the how, like where it's going to go and the title, just write, you know, get your thoughts on paper. Don't let anybody kind of box you in while you're doing the writing process. Don't worry about editing. Just getting all your thoughts down on on paper really is the key to keeping it going because that's how I got started. Really. I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't know where it was going to go, but every time I had thoughts, I wrote them down and the how will happen. But it's, it's, you have to focus on getting you on paper. So n- not getting bogged up into l- the logistics of it. Worry about just getting the love that's inside out on paper. It would be so neat if all of our nine kids somehow got to meet each other at one point. And that'd be like, yes. and I don't know. <laughs> What's the age range of your children? Mine are, are younger than yours, but I have twins who are 14 and then eight and six. Okay. And yours are what? Yes. Mine are 21 to 12. So I have my last two are in your age group. Yeah. Yes. Yes. This is a fun time. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Listen, wait till they hit. <laughs> yes. I know. I know. Those, those late teens and early 20s are oh my really special. <laughs> well, at least that's the good thing about having all the ages is when you're like completely overwhelmed in one age, you can like fall back on another age just for a minute to like, you yes, know. yes. I, I, <laughs> matter of fact, I told my 13 year old son, he's, he's kind of like the, he's always been the one that needed 
to say, okay, look at the calendar, who's picking up who. He was always the hardworking kid. Like if we're raking leaves, he's the one that's the last one to come in. And so, you know, he's getting to that 13 year old laid back, like, maybe I don't want to do this. And I'm like, not you. I I started having one issue with like the one kid who never gives me issues. And I'm like, no, 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 no. You cannot do not you. Not you. Yeah. Not you. (laughs) You're my sure thing. Anyway. (laughs) All right. Well, anyway, lovely chatting with you. Thanks so much. Thank you. All right. Take care. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of moms. Don't have time to read books. Don't forget to follow me on Instagram at Zibby Owens and at Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. Also sign up for my newsletter at ZibbyOwens.com and sign up for my virtual book club and meet lots of authors on Zoom every other week. Thanks so much to Steve and Ryan at Texture Sound for the sound editing. And thank you to Morning Moon Productions for providing this fantastic intro and outro music. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.